golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We will fall to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Hello, my friend. Oh, uh, I'm a little burnt out from golf. Have we had a lot of golf or what? Yeah, that's, uh, let me see, four days, five days at Bay Hill. And uh, to top it off, a little cherry on the ice cream. Tavistock Cup. Awesome, awesome, beautiful place. And, you know, Over at Isleworth. Yeah, it's spectacular. Where the, you know, few beautiful people were, including you. Speaking of beautiful people, I think a few of their trees fell down uh, in the storm on Sunday. That place got nuked. Not only that, but a Popka Vineland. You should have seen the the trees that were down all over when I was heading home. It was unbelievable. You know, and, and, and let's uh, talk about that for a second. Now, the safety issue at uh, Bay Hill on Sunday afternoon, people uh, scrambling for cover. I mean, what do you do in a situation like that? How they got all those people off the golf course yeah. without an incident because, I mean, literally that storm went right over the golf course. 85, 86 mile an hour winds. And this isn't like a hurricane where you're kind of preparing and it's building up. It just landed on the golf course. Let's be in close, you know, the chain of lakes. You know, you're on the lakes and the, and the, <laughs> the wind gets going across those lakes, needless to say. And the first thing it hits, this is taking it uh, down. So, uh, Isleworth, Bay Hill, those communities right there, uh, they were out of power, actually. Uh, Bay Hill had lost power, Dr. Phillips area. Well, they, they did a great job, and they did a great job getting the golf course back into pristine condition by Monday morning. And congratulations to Tiger, How's number that? one in the world. Victory number 77, lucky sevens. He's uh, batting 500 uh, in the uh, the Florida swing. And number eight at Arnie's place. 500. Batting 500 for the Grapefruit League here, the spring ball. Well, I was uh, in the press conference after the win, Rich B, and we've got a few clips that uh, we'll share with our listeners right now. It's been, been incredible to have uh, all the support and, uh, you know, all the hard work has, has paid off to get me to this point, and it feels good to uh, have won this event. This, this event means so much to, uh, to me over, over the years with... Uh, I lived here. It's my first house I ever, ever owned, and uh, it was here in Orlando. And both my kids were, were born here, and uh, it uh, has a very special place. Yeah, I host with players there at certain times today, uh, giving you a challenge. Just comment on the final round if you can. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I had a nice little cush there. Keegan made a little bit of run early, and then it came down to uh, Ricky, myself, and Rosie. And you know, Ricky had a putt there at, at 15 to. You know, squeezed down to one if I missed, and uh, he missed, and then I missed, so I kept it at two. But uh, you know, going into uh, you know um, 16, 
that was a, that was a pretty big swing because Rosie had just made birdie ahead of us to get to 11, and you know, I was uh, there in the bunker, and uh, you know, Ricky was in the middle of fairway. You know, he, he made a mistake there and put it in the water, and you know, I my lie was was perfect. It was because of the rain that the sand was was uh, was firm enough where I'd have to worry about footing, and lie was very clean. I could play either either a draw or fade, didn't really matter, and. Um, decided to hit a nice little eight iron out there and, and turn it with the wind and end up on the green. Rich B, you know, Tiger's been talking about the process in terms of, you know, this reconstruction uh, of his swing, both in terms of his ball striking, his short game, and his putting. And he was asked how close he is to, you know, having this process perfect. How close... How close are you to where you want to be? I'm getting there. I'm getting there, and uh, I'm I'm very pleased that uh, that you know some of the shots that I, I struggled with last year are now uh, strengths. And you know, you know, one of the things that we need to continue to work on is getting every more refined. Just making sure because my good ones are really good. Just making sure the bad ones aren't, aren't that bad. Whether it's uh, a driver, three wood, long iron, wedge, whatever it is. That I'm missing the ball in the correct spots, and um, that's getting way better, and and still continue to improve and, and clean up my short game. And the putting, Rich B, pretty impressive. Shots made up on the field. And with the wind blowing, I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much wind impacts your putting. And he really put on a dis- he put a you know great display on at Bay Hill both you know over the weekend the the wind was such a factor and with his putting you know looking so good especially at Doral as well as Bay Hill uh, it certainly seems like he is ready for Augusta let's hear his comments about that when was the last time you felt this good heading to Augusta about your game and everything else it's been a few years yeah, you know, the three events that I've won, I've really played, putted well. Um, you, know, the, I, you know, Strix certainly helped me out there at Doral and got me into a position where I felt like I was now putting like I did at, at Torrey. And I've basically carried that on the last couple of weeks that I've played. And that, that that feels good. And especially when it's blowing like this, in the last, you know, the two tournaments I've played, and uh, to be that steady and hit the ball that that solidly, that flush into the grain where the wind's blowing. And, um, you know, you can't miss hitting it on Bermuda greens and get away with it. got to hit it pure. And I've been able to do that. And I've made my share of putts. And, and especially some, some really key putts. Like today at 11 was a key putt. I got hammered by that wind on the first putt. It knocked me off balance. And I hit it off the heel and it didn't even get there. And the second putt, the wind was blowing me all over the place. And I just stayed as steady as I, I, as I could, and I I flushed that putt. And that was a, a pure putt. And then those are putts I need to make. And you know, those are the putts I've, I've made in the three wins that I've had this year. And, of course, I think it was extra special that Tiger won. For all of us here in Orlando, Rich B, we know how much he loves this tournament. And um, nothing better than, you know, I was standing greenside, just about an arm's stretch away from Mr. Palmer, and of course, you know, Tiger, I think, just has a special, special place in his heart for this tournament. Let's hear his comments about that. 
this tournament a little bit more special for you because it is hosted by Mr. Palmer? Absolutely, absolutely. We, we, there are certain events that are, are more special. Um, when you have you know, Arnold on, on the 18th green, or you have Jack at the Memorial, um, we used to have Mr. Nelson you know, there in, um, in Dallas. You know, it's, it's special to be able to walk off the 18th green and see these guys there. And they're living legends of the game. And um, what they've meant to the game of golf, uh, for us to you know, come back here and play over the years and, and have him here. You know, last year was, was scary for all of us. You know, it was, wasn't feeling well and had to be rushed to the hospital. So um, I gave him some pretty good dealing about that this year. So. He was looking great, Arnold, don't you think, Richby? You know, and anytime you're on a level with uh, Mr. Palmer and you can needle him, you know, you, you're pretty close. So uh, you got to respect Tiger for showing up, uh, you know, and winning. And you know that does move the needle, and we love that. And, uh, you know, the, the Tiger's Army, I don't know, Tiger's Minions, Tiger's Tail, whatever uh, you call them, I got caught in traffic a couple of times watching his herd go by. Uh, you know, masses of people, they love him. And it's just awesome to see here in Orlando. And great for golf. So uh, let's bring in one of our golf insiders right now who has been working his tail off the last uh, few days. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. How's it going, guys? Going good. I know uh, there were a few uh, crazy moments there on Sunday when they evacuated the press room. Have you ever had that happen? Not to that extent. No, no. At, uh uh, actually, I've, I've been in a few where we've had to leave, but uh, we had more notice. This one kind of came on us out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, a little bit scary there for a minute. Thought that thing was coming down. So, clearly, everybody's buzzing about Tiger's win. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And, and uh, as we're going into Augusta, certainly makes for a very, very exciting first major of the year. No no question about it. Um you know, having him on top of his game makes makes the overall game that much more interesting and exciting. I think um, it doesn't mean he's going to win, but it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's far better that he goes in there without all these questions and negativity. And um, you know, this is clearly the best he's played since Sean Foley started working with him. I wouldn't go as far as it's the best he's played. You know. Um, He's still got some things he can he can work on. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't think you can expect him to putt this well um, all the time. I mean, he's, he's had two of his best putting weeks ever the last two tournaments, and won both by one by two shots. And now I guess he won. He ended up winning them both by two shots. So you know, you putt all you putt that great, and you win by two. You, you'd think you know maybe he'd blow them out. I think it points to the fact that he can do some other things better. He can uh, he can probably uh, hit more greens, which would which would mean um, uh, you know that would actually probably mean more putts as you're hitting more greens. Um, and but if you're hitting more greens, you're also giving yourself more chances for birdies. So uh, you know that, I think that's a good thing is for him is that he can improve still. It's not uh, he's clearly not not at the all time best and. Uh, and that gives him something to work on going forward. I thought an interesting question in the press room was somebody asked him, you know, he's been working very hard in the offseason on his short game. And somebody asked him what he considered the short game, and he said 40 yards in. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that suggests, you know, pitch shots, 
chip shots, bunker shots, um, and uh, there were some times where those those things plagued him. I mean, Tiger at his best um, back in the day, uh, you know, he had the occasional round where where he only had or he only hit ten or eleven greens, and yet he still shoots sixty eight somehow. It was because he was taking advantage of the ones that he did get onto and getting up and down or even chipping in on the other holes. And um, when those things aren't happening for you, now the pressure is on to hit it closer, to hit more greens. Obviously, there's many, many rounds where he'd hit 15 greens in regulation. And if you make anything, you're going to shoot a good score. So uh, all these things uh, you know, sort of point to, to him getting back to where he was. There was a big weakness in his game last year. It was a short iron um, wasn't able to hit those close enough, didn't give himself enough opportunities. When he did have the ball in the fairway and he had it about 140 yards, 130 yards out, uh, too often he missed a green or he leave himself a 40-footer. He seems to have uh, gotten that dialed in, and, and that's helped him immensely. He talked about, you know, being able to you know, hit a number of different spins, and it seems that he's got that a little more under control, which – certainly has to build his confidence. I think Johnny Miller mentioned um, he was a little cagey on a couple of his shots. In particular, he mentioned the one on 14. Uh, I think these are going to be key coming into Augusta, don't you? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things where he's um, uh, got to get a little bit better. He, he still has the tendency to miss some tee shots to the left. Um, and Number nine on Saturday. <laughs> That's a perfect example. I mean, the ball probably should have gone out of bounds. He would have got a fortunate break there, made par, hit a tree and stayed in bounds. I'm not sure what he was trying to do. If he was trying to cut one and he double-crossed and hit it to the left. Uh, but, Classic duck you know, hook for most, most of us. <laughs> as most as most people know, he's, he's had difficulty hitting a draw uh, with the driver. He's afraid of the of that snap hook, the duck hook. And so he's tried to stay away from it. But Augusta, you got you got a bunch of holes where hitting a draw is really important. Um, you know, I mean, off the top of my head, <laughs> two, five, nine, uh, ten, uh, eleven to some degree, thirteen. Uh, those those holes, you you want to hit a draw. A draw. And uh, if Tiger can't step up there confidently to nail it out there and do that, that's going to be a problem. Now he's he seems to be okay when he wants to hit a high fade, a high cut shot. Uh, that's what he's been trying to get to. You take the left side out of play. Be really interesting to see how he how he fares there because that's um, you know that he has to work it both ways really to have success. You know, I think uh, uh, Sean, uh, Sean deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with his golf game, and you know uh, uh, brought him back to reality. And he, he looks like he wants to play golf again. Let's say now. Uh, you know, as a person, you know, his private life, maybe we won't have to hear about it so much. Let's hope so. But uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, uh, he did seem to have it on uh, auto, autopilot this weekend. There's no question when he's at his best, he's, it's, it's great to watch. And, uh, um, you know, he's kind of had it, had it going here lately. And he's won three times this year, more than anybody. Six times now and going back to last year's Bay Hill. Um, all of that, uh, you know, really bodes well, obviously. I, and I think it sort of, you know, points out that, 
um, you know, he was right when he said, I just need to be patient, working through a swing change, getting healthy, all that stuff, and I'll be okay. And, and you know, look, if this is, uh, this is, this is, this is golf that, uh, that puts them up there all the time. I, I think it's an unfair argument or question to ask, is he back? You know, back to what? Back to age 27? You know, uh, when no, nobody's as good at 37 as they are at 27 in sports. But they figure out ways to make up for it. You know, Michael Jordan uh, hit more jump shots than he made dunks when he got older. He, he refined his game. And I think in some ways Tiger's doing that. He's trying to – he's not the power player that he was. He doesn't overpower golf courses, even though he's still very long and can dominate par fives. But that's, that's not going to, you know, he's not going to be in the top ten in, that, in those categories anymore. So he has to be good in all the areas. And, and uh, if anything, over the last few years, he's been a very streaky putter. Um, it's, it's good if he's, if he's found something that helps his putting be more consistent. We're talking to Bob Herrig of ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. He also talked about, uh, speaking of his age, Bob, that he's he's got a family now. So time management is key. He doesn't have, you know, all the hours he used to to go out and bang balls when he was younger. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that's an important point. Um, you know, priorities change. And, and it's not just with him. You know, it's with, with all these guys. You know, they... Um, when when he was 22, 23, 24, golf was everything. That's all he did. And now he's got to be, uh, you know, time management has to be more of a factor. And when he's got his kids, you know, when it's when it's time to be with them, golf is going to get put aside. And uh, you know, I, I believe him when he says that stuff. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and and you know again it, it, at an older age who is going to be as motivated? I mean I think he's still a very motivated guy, but I sense that he tries to practice smarter rather than longer, um, and so he's maybe not putting in the time uh, that he used to, and that sometimes can affect him. But then again, if he spends too much time out there, he runs the risk of uh, you know injuring himself. Uh, he's, he's, he talked about how you know, his injuries really prevented him from practicing after rounds for a long time until last summer. So all that stuff is, um, you know, is, is part of the package now that, uh, and, and shouldn't be uh, you know, undersold. Well, well, I think it certainly answers uh, the question from that perspective. It's a tremendous comeback, and he's certainly back. But Tiger also puts so much emphasis on the majors, which is why so many in the media have said, is he back until he wins the next major? He's really put that on on himself. And you asked him the question, you know, over the last year or so, had he maybe been, been pressing a, a little bit too much? What do you think? Well, I mean, and his answer to that was was uh, was interesting. I mean, he he didn't admit that he was. What he said, though, was that maybe the parts of his game weren't there that needed to be there. And so you can read into that a little bit. Was he lacking some confidence? You know, knowing that he was close in these majors and how much they mean to him, did he try too hard to overcome his obvious flaws? I mean, uh, you know, he, he was tied for the lead at the, at the U.S. Open and the PGA through 36 holes and didn't finish in the top 10 in either. And in fact, he was pretty far back at the U.S. Open. I think it was T21. I mean, he was really no, he shot himself out of that tournament uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, really nine holes in. Uh, and so, you know, what does that say? 
uh, that he that he didn't have the confidence in what he was working on yet, or that he knew that this is I'm, I'm close and now I got to really step on the gas and, tr- and he tried too hard. Uh, you know, after the PGA last year, remember he admitted that he tried to be different than he usually is. He tried to not be as intense. He tried to be um, a little bit more uh, outgoing, uh, look around, do things he wasn't used to doing. To me, that suggests that he was pressing too much and recognized he tried to he tried to relax and it backfired. You know, he didn't play very well at all. So uh, now you wonder, does he have the confidence in his swing Remember at the, at the Masters last year, he lost it between Bay Hill and Augusta. Something happened. He just did not have the, the trust in the swing. There was something wrong with his posture, uh, and he was struggling basically from the first, you know, from the first nine holes. You know what happens if he struggles at Augusta? I think that first round on Thursday is really going to be important. You know, can Tiger shoot a good score? Get be under par, at least be in the mix, get comfortable. Because even for him, I mean, it's uh, the pressure is huge, and and uh, I, I don't know that there's more pressure on any player to win a major more than him right now. Uh, you know, certainly the guys who've never won one and want one, they have a lot of pressure. But you know, is there is there pressure on Phil to win another major? I mean, are we going to look any less at him if he doesn't win a fifth? Um, I, I, I think it's uh, it's a pretty big major coming up for Tiger. I absolutely agree, and it's going to make for a very, very exciting time up there on Magnolia Lane. Bob, we appreciate, as always, your in-depth insights and spending some time with the Golf Insiders. We know you had a long weekend and stayed over on Monday. So uh, we look forward to talking to you, and um, you're going to be staying home this week? I am. I'm not going back out until the Masters, so uh, and that will be here before you know it. All right, good deal. Check him out, ESPN.com, one of our favorites, Bob Herrick. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more wrap-up from the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. And uh, Rich, you got a little something you're going to give away today. 10th anniversary collector's edition. One time only. We're going to give away a, a program from Tavistock. These things are coffee table worthy. They're beautiful. They're big and bold pictures. And it covers 10 years of Tavistock. A great golf tournament, right? Uh, well, you know, they play it between uh, Lake Nona and Isleworth. So, and now they've added a couple extra teams, actually. Yeah. And it was Team Albany that ruined Lake Nona's bid for a fifth consecutive Tavistock Cup title. When Ian Poulter made a birdie on the first hole of the playoff, Rich B. Ian Poulter is pretty good. You think? That team was pretty good, Albany. Oh. Who's on Albany's team? Uh, Tiger, Tim Clark, and Justin Rose. I would have loved to have seen Tiger and Justin together. Yes, and Ian, who shot the team low 72 Tuesday at Isleworth. How's that? You got the three guys that are in the top 15 uh, in the world uh, on your team. They can beat anybody on the planet. But you know my favorite pairing, Rich, was, of course, Freddie Couples. 
Freddie. Ricky Fowler and Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm spanning all the all the ages oh, there. Boy. I'll take each one out for dinner. No problem. All right, so we'll be giving away uh, a, a program. They're beautiful. They're big, huge program. And if you'd like to call in at the end of the hour, we're going to have a question. So pay attention here. There's going to be a little lead in. And uh, congratulations to the Golf Channel. As always, great coverage uh, of the Tavistock Cup. And so we got to bring in our main man for the Golf Channel. Wait, who... wait, wait, wait. Oh, the coverage on Golf Channel got a little sketchy there Sunday uh, on the 10th hole. I think it. Uh, they lost a tower or two. <laughs> yes, but, you know, our main man, always looking good, no matter what the weather conditions. Todd Lewis. Hello, Todd. Todd, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys? <laughs> hey, Craig. Todd, so you, you fared the weather uh, okay on Sunday? Well, it was interesting. Interesting story for me. I, uh, my, uh, our management team said, "Hey, Todd, you know, it's a fifty percent chance of, of thunderstorms." They, they asked me in the morning to go back to the Golf Channel studios just in case something happened. And wouldn't you know it, um, <laughs> something happened. And I was sitting at a desk at, at Golf Channel with with the network of NBC and the Golf Channel on my shoulders and uh, <laughs> by myself. And and a tornado warning was going through and everything. All the chaos was happening uh, out of Bay Hill. But you know, hats off to the PGA Tour. Uh, they do a really good job in keeping everybody aware and making sure that all the fans, the officials, the players, and everybody's off the golf course. Because, I mean, it was a very, very dangerous situation. Wind speed, the last recorded wind speed was over 60 miles per hour, and then the power went out, and Stuart Williams, the on-site PGA Tour meteorologist there, felt like that there were higher wind speeds. It's just the power went out, and they couldn't measure it. So you mentioned the towers down and some other structures down, some you know limbs down and all that, so... Fortunately, nobody got hurt, and that's that's the best news of all. I'll tell you, there were massive—I mean, massive—trees that were down uh, as I went home on a Popka Vineland, and I believe I saw on on a weather report later that night, Todd, that they clocked it at 86 miles per hour at uh, yeah. Dr. Phillips. So that's that's pretty serious stuff. Yeah, it is. And again, fortunately, nobody got hurt. So that's the best news of all. Well, of course, we've been talking about Tiger One reclaiming his number one world ranking. Um, just your thoughts on his play over the weekend and Monday, and uh, also like to get your thoughts on on Ricky Fowler. Well, in regards to Tiger, um, I mean, he's 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 the best closer ever in the game of golf. Um, I mean, already three times this year he has won with a 54-hole lead. Um, and he did it again, you know, counting, I should say, what he did at Bay Hill. Um, is he the, the monster on the leaderboard that he once was in 2000, 2001? I don't know, because I don't know if we'll ever see anybody that great during that time stretch um, again because of how deep and, and, and the parity of golf that it is right now, and I, I see that continuing to grow. But he's not far from that. Um, and, you know, I said this the last time I think it was on with you, but now people are aware, and especially players are aware, that when he has the lead with 54 holes uh, under his belt, he's not coming backwards. He used to do that. That's not happening anymore. you got to go get him. you got to put up 64, 65 to win the event, and that's hard to do. So, I, I mean, he's just striking the ball beautifully, and now he's putting well 15 to 20 feet. He's knocking putts in that, used, that he used to miss uh, over the last two or three years. Um, and I mean, he's really, really dangerous. As far as Ricky Fowler, um, I mean, granted, last time he played in the final group on the final day with Tiger, it was at the Memorial last year, and Ricky shot 84, and Tiger shot 67 at one. I mean, it wasn't like that. 
And Ricky, Ricky's got a little bit of a health problem. His back is bothering him a little bit, and and he may not have been hitting it as good as he was in the earlier part of the week last week on on the last day. Um, but he's putting nicely, and you know I think you know the continual education of Ricky Fowler. We forget that he's in his early twenties. I mean it's good. I mean when as he continues to move forward in his career, these experiences. Although he didn't come out on the positive end of it, I think you're going to continue to make him grow, and I think he's going to be in the mix of major championships as he moves forward. Well, also your comments about Tiger, you know, maybe not being quite the monster on the on the leaderboard as he once was. You know, interestingly, uh, Ricky, you know, he had an okay day. I mean, made a bunch of pars on the front nine, but he it, it, he stayed within two shots. And at one point, especially at 16, you know, there there were a couple places there where there could have been some significant swings. And well, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The 16th hole, I mean that 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 is the point where he has to grow. I mean that I mean, he was two shots back in the lead. Tiger Woods just dumped his tee shot on the par five in the hazard, or in the bunker, I should say. Um, and Ricky was in the middle of fairway with a seven iron, and he puts it in the water. Uh, you know, and so that those moments can't happen. He's got to put the ball in the middle of the green and give himself a good shot at, at, at birdie, if not eagle, especially when you got your playing partner uh, in the fairway bunker. I mean, if, if Ricky dunks that ball on the green instead of putting it in the hazard on 16, what does that do to Tiger? I mean, now Tiger's got to hit over a tree out of a fairway bunker to a green with the guy who's cut the lead down to two, who was once larger, um, you know, on the green. And so, he's, you know, he's going to have to feel the pressure. And by him putting it in the water, it relieved the pressure for Tiger and pretty much won the event for him. What did you think about Phil not making the cut? See, Phil's struggling. Phil is struggling right now. Um, I mean, he barely broke 80 on Friday. He's hitting it all over the lot. He's very loose. Uh, I was actually, uh, if you watch Golf Channel tonight, uh, I'm hosting On the Range. I did it with Claude Harmon, who is Butch Harmon's son, and Butch, of course, coaches uh, Phil Mickelson. And Claude said that, you know, he, he, Phil has told his dad that he's very, very loose with his swing right now. He's been working on some things. He hopes to, to tidy things up this week at the Shell Houston Open. Um, but, you know, when he drives down Magnolia Lane, he gets a, a – a, I mean, it's an out-of-body experience for Phil <laughs> Mickelson. I mean, he turns into something else, um, and, it, and it elevates his game. But, I mean, as of now, the facts and, – and the numbers prove it. The, the facts are that – He's not really comfortable with his golf swing, and he needs to fix it in a hurry. Well, it's going to be exciting at the Shell Houston for a number of reasons. Of course, um, you know, Rory back in the field. Who do you who do you think um, you know needs to really post a number here? Phil, Rory coming into Augusta. Well, I mean, Rory has a bit of confidence and a bit of form coming off that 65 of the final day at Doral. And that was a tough day, by the way. I was there. Um, so he's he's going he's trending in the right direction. Um, I think I think Rory's going to have a solid week. I, I mean I'm going back to Phil Mickelson. I mean this is I mean Phil does not want to go to Augusta with a whole lot of questions about his game, and this I think is a very important week for Phil Mickelson. I think he's got I don't think he's got to win. I'm nice you know I but he's got to right the ship. He can't you know he can't miss another cut and go to Augusta. I think that'll That'll really, really, really be in, be in his, his conscience if he does that. I mean, even though he says, you know, when he drives up Magnolia Lane, uh, you know, I feel like a different person. So, okay, okay, that's fine. But if you go miscut, miscut, and head to a major championship that you want to win more than any other, 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it will be tough. I think it's a big week for Phil. All right, so you got uh, Bubba Watson going to return to uh, his now, uh, you know, defending championship. And uh, Bubba looked like he was having a good time over there at Alworth, and I thought uh, he looked uh, like he was smashing that ball really well. Well, that's what Bubba does. Uh, Bubba he knows how to smash it, <laughs> and a few Coke bottles, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see how Bubba handles um, Augusta. Um, as a champion. As a champion, correct, the past champion. Um, I mean, it was obviously the pinnacle moment in his career so far. Um, but he seems to be in a pretty good place. He's, you know, he hasn't won since Augusta, but he has played pretty well. Um, he's made the adjustment and now moving into his new house at Isleworth, which, by the way, was Tiger's old house that he bought, and him and his wife Angie uh, renovated, uh, just about totally redid the place. He just kept the walls and did every, and just changed everything else. Did, did he um, build Tiger an apartment in the in the garage just for uh, you know Bay Hill and a few stopovers? As far as I know, no. <laughs> but um, but you know he's friends with Tiger. I mean it, it, I mean they're friendly and uh, but. You know, I, I think Bubba's in a good spot, and I'll be interested to see how he reacts. I mean, he's a power player. I mean, and when you hit the ball 300 yards plus off the tee, I mean, that is a huge advantage at Augusta National. And for, for your listeners who haven't been there, because the greens are so elevated and so hard, I mean, you, it is very, very important to come in there with a really high ball flight. And when Bubba Watson is generally 30 to 40 yards ahead of everybody else, and he's hitting eight iron in the green when other greens when other guys are hitting five and four irons, I mean that's a big advantage. That's a big reason why he won last year. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We're talking to Todd Lewis. A lot of conversation about John Foley uh, and his other star pupil Justin Rose was in the hunt and certainly playing great on Friday, but then kind of fell apart. What were your thoughts about Justin? Well, I don't. I wouldn't say he fell apart. I mean, he did. You know, he did finish. Uh, I believe he finished second. Um, but he. I mean, he. You know. But he hit a speed bump on Friday, definitely. He, he did. Well, yeah, he he did. It was actually Saturday. Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't play as well as he was the first two days. You know, he opened with a 65, and at that golf course, that's doing something. And um, so he didn't quite keep the pace that he set right out of the gate. But Justin's playing very, very well. Top five player in the world. I mean, I think he is. One of those guys who, you know, there aren't too many that, you know, that can play beside Tiger and really not let the aura uh, and everything around him affect him that much. I mean, it'll affect you, but not as much. Not, it won't be as deep a cut, I should say. Um, he's playing really well, really well. I mean, I think another Sean Foley um, pupil in Hunter Mahan is playing well. I mean, he's got eight starts this year. He's got seven top 25s. He's a defending champion this week in Houston. So, um Sean Foley's got a lot to be proud of right now. He's got the number one player in the world, a number four player in the world, I believe, in Justin Rose, and as I mentioned, Hunter Mayhan. So things, things are going good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So heading into the uh, Shell Houston Open, Keegan Bradley also in the field, Steve Stricker. Who are you betting on for Sunday? I tell you, I would not sleep on Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker is, and I'm and I'm saying this moving to Augusta as well, Um Steve Stricker is going to play about 11 events this year. He said he's not going to play the FedEx Cup playoffs, but that's yet to be determined, in my opinion. Um, and he's had he, – he's he started three PGA Tour events so far in 2013, and he has finished tied for second, fifth, and second. So three starts, he's yet to finish outside the top five. 
So it's not the quantity of stars for him, it's the quality of stars. He has a very simple gospel. If you watch on the range tonight, again, with Claude Harmon and Billy Kratzer and myself, we break down that gospel. Um, he leads the tour, I believe, in greens and regulation. And he putts, you know, he's one of the best putters ever on the PGA Tour. So he, whenever he starts, you know, he's, and a lot of guys have like seven, eight, nine starts already this year. I mean, he's had only three or four. So he's entering these events fresh, mentally, and ready to go. And so I think Steve Strickley, although he is deep into his 40s, is a really, really good golfer, a really good player right now on the world stage. And, and I think not only could he be in the mix this week, but I think he could be in the mix at Augusta as well and finally win a major championship. And he's certainly given Tiger a few good putting tips, which Tiger mentioned <laughs> once again in the press room and uh, has certainly paid off. Well, as yep. always, Todd, we appreciate your time. And tell our listeners again about uh, the show tonight. Uh, tonight on the range, like I mentioned, uh, with Billy Kratzer and Claude Harmon and myself, uh, tomorrow we kick off our Shell Houston Open coverage. First round is at 3.30. It's a special time. It's usually 2.30, but at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time we start our coverage. So it should be a fun week. We love it. We love the Golf Channel. We love Todd Lewis. Thanks so much, Todd. You got it, Holly. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got more coverage coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. We're back. Don't the Golf Insiders. The Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. Check out our website, thegolfinsiders.com, and like us on Facebook, The Golf Insiders. Can I poke you on Facebook? No tweeting, though, because, Rich B., your fingers are too fat. You can't type. <laughs> There's no poking you on Facebook? No tweeting. So uh, you got some uh, announcements there, buddy? Yeah, we're going to have the North Florida PGA moment here. Uh, congratulations to Rod Perry. Made the cut. Played the weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Well done there, uh, Mr. Rod Perry. Congratulations. And for our giveaway for the 10th anniversary, Tavistock. Program. Beautiful. Coffee, Coffee table, table worthy. Coffee table worthy. And the question is, Shell Houston uh, Open, defending champ, 2012. Caller number three, Rich is on it. He's on it like a cheap suit. Shell Houston Open, defending champ of 2012 is Holly. Whoever the caller number three is, if they're right, they will get this. And another North Florida section, player extraordinaire. Teacher, guru. Extraordinaire. Jay Golden, our next Golf Insider on the line. Hey, Jay. Hi, how's it going there? Rod Perry, nice going, Rod. Uh, shot, I think it was 76, 71, three over, just made the cut. I think the first player in the history of the North Florida PGA to make a cut in a tour event. You know, I've got a good, I got a good little story about that. Uh, uh, Steve from the North Florida section was telling me that uh, all the caddies were hanging around nine green that were at three over, hoping that Rod was going to make bogey. Because if he makes par, it's a two over cut. If he makes <laughs> bogey, it goes to three. So everybody was like, "Yeah, okay, that's cool," you know. And all the th oh, three overs got in. So uh, well, congratulations. It's he's popular. <laughs> yeah, made him very popular. <laughs> 
Well, of course, Jay is a teaching professional to many, has been to many players, both on the PGA Tour as well as the LPGA Tour, and many juniors out at Winter Pines Golf Course. Jay? Yes, in fact, I'm on the driving range right now looking at some people practicing, and uh, I think they're better than tour players, even though they shoot 130. I think these people... Uh, there goes Ben. Uh, he hit it fat. I just gave him a lesson, so forget that. Well, you know, a lot of talk about the weather over the weekend and the wind, and I want to play a cut, uh, that, a comment from Tiger from the press conference. Listen to it, and then I, I want to get uh, some input from you on this. Okay. Rich? I got hammered by that wind on the first putt. It knocked me off balance. And I hit it off the heel, and it didn't get there. And the second putt, the wind was blowing me all over the place, and I just stayed as steady as I, I as I could, and I I flushed that putt. And that was a, a pure putt, and you know, those are putts I need to make. And you know, those are the putts I've I've made in the three wins that I've had this year. Jay, a lot of people don't realize how much wind affects putting. Yeah, you know, especially if you use a wiffle ball, you know. And I think that Tiger was using one of those plastic wiffle balls at Bay Hill. Actually, uh, wind does affect putting, not a tremendous amount, but. If you have, let's say, a 20-mile-an-hour wind uh, in your face and you have a 40-foot a putt, you, it could take as much as three to four feet off of uh, the distance, and you might have to hit a little harder. Or if it's, if it's blowing hard right to left or left to right, it will affect putting to some extent, not a tremendous extent. And for those of you that, that don't believe it, when the wind is blowing, just put your hand on the putting green really low really low on the putting green. You definitely will feel that wind. And it doesn't affect it that much, but it, it will affect things. But the things that it affects most, and that is full shots. And and the shot to hit in the wind, and it's really not that difficult if you just learn the simple fundamentals, and that is in the wind you hit a low draw. I've worked a lot with Rob Oppenheim, one of the great low ball players. He's on the web.com tour right now. Right now I'm... Um, working with my number one tour hopeful, Brock Jansen, and I mentioned his name because he said he'd give me 50 bucks if I did. But Brock, uh, you play it back, you swing inside out, you, you, you release your hands a little bit, and you make a, a seven iron look like a five iron, and you will hit a low hook, and that is the A1 shot to hit in the wind. That's why those Texans in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, why they won so many tournaments on the PGA Tour, it was so windy there, and it was well known that when it was windy, the Texans were going to win the tournament. So uh, Lee Trevino, a pretty good player in the wind. You know, Lee was an exception because he always hit a low ball, but he would hit a low fade. Even though I interviewed him once, I said, Lee, how do you hit your low fade? He said, I don't fade it. I just push it. He would aim to the left and push it at the target. But it did curve a little left to right. But he actually hit a fade into the wind, but Jack Nicholas said Lee Trevino is the greatest ball striker. He and Hogan are the two greatest ball strikers he had ever seen, and Trevino hit it so solidly that even though he did have a little fade, it worked in the wind. But for those of you that want to learn how to play in the wind, like the great future pro Brock Jansen, that's another 50, Brock, you learn how to hit a low draw. All right, Jay. And if people want to look you up to come out and take a lesson, uh, how do they find you? Well, they could uh, call it Winter Pines Golf Course or go to jgoldenpga at aol.com or, or just go to the car wash and say, hey, how can I get a lesson from Jay Golden? Everybody knows me. 
Absolutely. One of <laughs> Orlando's best. Jay Gohm, thanks for spending a few minutes with us, and we look forward to having you on again real soon. Thank you very much, and hit those low hooks in the wind. Thank you very much, Holly. Bye. All right, Rich B., it was a great week weekend for golf here in Orlando. Congratulations and to all the volunteers out at the Arnold Palmer Tournament and, of course, all of the proceeds uh, going to the Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital and Winnie Palmer Hospital for Babies. So we love uh, the fact that all that uh, all those dollars go back here locally. Rich B., final thoughts? Uh, thank goodness it was a long weekend, and uh, we'll see you next year uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. All right. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. Take the Shell Houston Open this weekend. We'll be back. <laughs>